you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. And Proverbs 18 verses 20 to 21 says, From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Now listen to this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Now listen to what the Bible is saying. It didn't say the devil has the power of death and life. Even though we give him more credit than we should. It doesn't say our enemies or our persecutors have the power of death and life. Even though we fear them like they do. The Bible doesn't say our bank account has the power of death and life. Even though we live like sometimes as if our bank account should determine how we live. No. The Bible says it's our tongue, our words that has the power of death or life. In other words, our tongue is the most underused, unappreciated, overlooked spiritual weapon that we possess. The question is, are we using it? Or how are we using it? Are we using it to destroy or to build? To bring life or to bring death? In fact, James 3, we won't look at it for the sake of time, but James 3 likens our small tongues to a small bit that controls the entire horse. Or a small rudder that directs an entire ship. Or a small fire that will engulf the entire forest. In fact, over the holidays, I was over in Cebu to uh, visit my new best, best friend, which is Pastor Raymond. For I will never forget him for the rest of my life because he is literally responsible for me accomplishing a 50K. But uh, over there, on the day after Christmas, December 26, a fire broke out in a section of Cebu. If you're from Cebu, you might have heard of it, um, which consumed an entire half a hectare. Um, burned down 100 homes, left 300 homeless. And when they investigated, you know how this fire started? One small candle. One small candle left on top of a plastic cabinet that fell over, literally left 300 people homeless. That's the power of the tongue. And again, James 3 says the power can control our bodies, direct our lives. In fact, to be honest, if I can quote James chapter 3, it will direct the entire course of our life. Think about that. The words that come out of our mouths, the spirit by which we say things, will direct the entire course of our lives. Now, why are our words so powerful? Okay, Matthew 12, verse 34 says, For out of the abundance of, uh, of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Verse 37, listen to this. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Wow, that's a very sobering truth. By our words, we will be justified, or by our words, we will be condemned. How is that so? Because our words reveal what's in our hearts. If there's good in our hearts, life comes out. If there's evil in our hearts, hearts, death comes out. In other words, our words reveal the inner posture of our hearts towards Jesus. People can tell 
who Jesus is to us in our hearts by the words that we speak. And so my question is, to your families, to your office mates, to your classmates, to your neighbors around you, who are you telling them that Jesus is to you by the words that they hear coming out of your mouth? Is it a life-giving God? Or is it a death, fear-mongering, some omnipresent being? Again, the power of our words reveal what's in our hearts. In fact, the Bible is very clear about the connection between our words and our hearts. Romans 10 says, If we believe in our hearts, but not just believe, and confess with our mouths, we shall be saved. Mark 11 says, If we, again, believe in our hearts, but not just believe, and speak to the mountain, the mountain shall be moved. Again, there's a direct connection between the faith in our hearts and the words that we speak. In other words, audacious faith in our hearts must manifest in the life-giving words that we speak. In other words, this is not a vocabulary issue. We're not telling you to use Christianese every time you talk or to say hallelujah or punctuate every sentence with hallelujah, praise God. How many of you know, if there is no faith in your heart, you can say hallelujah a hundred times. Oh, Father, Lord Jesus, Father God, Father God, hallelujah. But if there is no faith, that means and accomplishes nothing. It's the faith in the hearts that brings power to our words. So this is a heart issue. There's a person uh, that I've been communicating recently, and there's nothing but negative words that come out of his mouth. Honestly, about everyone that they has to refer to or speak about, always something negative. And at first, I was going to r- correct him in terms of for having formed a negative habit. When, when, when I was preparing for this message, I realized it's not a habit issue. It's not a, you know, a, what, a mental psychological thing issue. It's a heart issue. And so I know now going back to him, it's none of those. This is an issue of his heart. And so if your heart is not right before God, you need to get right before Him. Death is coming out of your mouth. And all what you need to do is to submit your heart and your life before the Lord Jesus Christ so you can get right with Him. But on the other hand, if your heart is right before God, if your greatest desire is to fulfill everything God's, God has promised and God has for you, then listen, do not ever, ever hesitate to declare every promise of God in His Word that's meant for you. We have no reason to be shy. We don't, we don't have reason to step back. There's no reason to be hesitant. We can declare boldly with full courage and force every promise that God has promised in our lives. And how many of you know our future is secure? Because God has promised it. He has uh, uh, given us a future that, uh, that will, what's that? Sorry, Jeremiah 29. Given us hope and a future to prosper us and not to harm us, but to give us hope and a future. Amen? Now, just very quickly, who or what do our words tell others about who God is in our lives? If our words are a reflection of our heart, what does it tell others, again, about who Jesus is to us? Now, at the first day of this week's prayer and fasting, I was, you know, I huddled my kids up talking to them about what audacious faith means. And so audacious, I was saying, well, audacious means bold faith, courageous faith, daring faith. And then I kind of ran out of words. So I was grasping for words. And then my eldest daughter, who you saw, interrupted and said, in Filipino, she said, kapal ng mukha. Uh, In other words, uh, in English, I don't know if it's an exact translation, but like thick-skinned. 
Okay? And so first, what do you mean? And then when I thought of it, you know what? You are exactly right. It's thick-skinned faith. It's kapal ng mukha faith. Except, it's not really kapal. Or it's not really thick-skinned. Why? Because Jesus already promised it. He promised that the household of the righteous shall be saved. So let's step out and claim that. He promised that every need will be met. So there's no reason to back off and you know hesitate. For, let's ask Jesus Christ. He promised our relationships will be restored. So let's claim that boldly. Hallelujah. Amen. In fact, over in August, in a in a very uh, what a restricted Muslim nation, uh, a Muslim who had just graduated with a master's degree in Islamic studies and was on his way to pursue a doctorate in Islamic studies, met our missionary. Long story short, our missionary led him to Christ. And so very immediately, like day, actually literally every day, he would meet with our missionary for discipleship. And every day he would declare to his family, I am now a follower of Isa al-Masi, which means Jesus Christ in his culture. Every day he would publicly declare it to his family. And obviously in the next series of weeks after that, the, the community would beat on him, rob him, and he would always text our missionary. He would rejoice, you know, just like Paul and Peter for being persecuted in Christ. And he would say this again, I now belong to Isa Almasi. Now finally, after several weeks of that, roughly around November, probably his family was so frustrated, they literally held him captive in chains in his own home and tortured him for a full month. And again, all throughout that, he would declare with his words, you may take my body, but you will never take my faith. Now, the details are still sketchy because this is all very recent. But for some way, and for some reason, at the end of that one month, he was able to escape. You know, get out of the chains and escape. And the first thing we did was run to the bus stop to get to our missionary. Now, he was talking to our missionary. So our missionary at this point was, oh, you had gotten out. Yeah, I'm on the bus. I'm on my way to see you. Now, just while they were talking, our missionary overheard the guys, let's call him Ahmed, Ahmed's uncle, and a bunch of other men found him. They probably saw he had escaped somehow, figured out he'd be at the bus stop, went to the bus stop, and start, grabbed the phone. So our missionary heard, grabbed the phone, threw it on the other side of the road, and started beating him up, this guy Ahmed, and threatened basically to slice him into pieces and to throw him into the river. Same thing, he would say, I belong to Isa al-Masih. You may take my body, but you can never take my faith. And finally, again, the phone went dead, so you know our missionary had no clue what happened now. Long story short, we found out later, because it was in public, there was a big commotion, the police intervened. Again, somehow, Ahmed was able to get out and get on the bus. Now, our missionary had no idea what happened at this point. Now, if you remember, now, this is because this is a Muslim nation, their weekend falls on Friday and Saturday. So our Sunday services in that nation is on a Friday, it's every Friday. And if you remember, just last year, this December, Christmas fell on a Friday. So right in the middle of Friday, Christmas Day service. Right when our missionary was preaching. Having no idea whatever happened to Ahmed, the door opens in the back. In walks Ahmed. Broken nose. Uh, what do you call it? Inf- uh, just beaten up face. But with the biggest smile in the world you could ever see. And our missionary said, wow. When, we all, when all of our eyes turned to Ahmed, everything, everyone froze, everything stopped. But he said it was the most amazing moment he had ever witnessed. You know what, Ahmed, what happened? Ahmed walked right into his very first Christmas party that day. 
And you know what? Let's give God a big hand. And you know what Ahmed's last words were before the uncle grabbed the phone? His last words to our missionary, he said, If I die, I want to die in Christ. And then shh, the phone died. How many of you know declaring is simply the act? But it's the faith in our hearts that's the source. So we're not asking you to go out and just starting declaring words out of our, your mouths. What we're saying is, you know, you go before God, encounter the faithful, everlasting Father. And because He is faithful, then you have faith in your hearts. We can only declare what we believe to be true. Just in closing, two questions. Do our words honor God? And number two, do our words reveal faith in our hearts? I have a very simple point for you this morning. It's this. Our words bring life. I mean, Pastor June and I are on this trip. We can't really talk about the details, but on a, let me just say, sensitive um, math issue or nature. Wow, the power of words just the last two days has brought life to what is a very fragile uh, uh, condition. Just we personally witness the exchange of life, how an exchange of life-giving words, again, can bring the grace, the presence, and the faith of God in any dark situation. So here's my challenge to you, 2016 challenge. Let's consecrate our words in 2016. Okay, not just our bodies, but let's consecrate our words. Okay, let nothing but life or the word of God come out from our mouths. Let's speak the word of God over our lives. Let's pray the word of God. Let's speak life to all those around us. And let's honor God with every word that comes out of our mouths. Amen? All right. Could you all just bow our heads and close our eyes? I'll pray for you. And then I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Mark. Lord Jesus, again, thank you so much that you are a faithful, good, loving, unconditional God. And Lord, let it come out from our mouths this morning. First of all, really, we declare it. Apart from you, we are nothing. But in Christ, all things are possible. Lord, we have faith because you are faithful. And Lord, we declare even this year, lives will be changed. Lord, our family members will be saved. Lord, your provision is ours. Our bad habits will be broken. Lord, relationships will be restored. All of our needs, every single one of our needs will be met. Lord, healing is even now released. Lord, families are going to be restored. Financial breakthrough is ours. Lord, the devil is defeated. That every curse is broken over our lives. There will be increase in our ministry, increase in our personal lives, increase in our relationships. Lord, we're going to step out in faith in areas or things or activities we've never dared before. Lord, we're going to be blessed, overwhelmingly blessed, Lord, to be a blessing. Lord, in fact, let me say that we will be a blessing, Lord, to others. Lord, we will have peace that passes all understanding. Lord, we're going to start small groups. Amen? Let's say that again all together. We're going to start small groups, Lord. We're going to plant churches. We're going to plant campus ministries. 
We're going to reach every island and nation. Again, for no other reason, but so that your name would be honored in our midst. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen.